for this. What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Welcome to That's Deep Bro. Thank you for downloading this episode. I am your host, Christina Pajitski. Lots of exciting announcements. First, first, there is a That's Deep Bro t-shirt available for sale. Just go to tomsegura.com, click on the store, and you can buy your official That's Deep Bro t-shirt. I like it. It's uh, very brooding and very existential, just like me. <laughs> um it's black, of course. Of course. I mean, come on. You really think I would wear colors? That's that's so 90s of me. Um, also, I'm doing live stand-up dates. So come see me perform April 13th through the 15th at the Brea Improv, Brea, California, and then April 28th through 29th in Sacramento at the Punchline, May 4th and 5th at Phoenix, Arizona at Stand Up Live, May 19th through 20th, New York City. Gotham Comedy Club. I'm so excited. I'm finally doing um, Jew Dork Titties. I've never done it there. And then June 1 through 3, Denver Comedy Works. Again, excited to be doing that one, the downtown location. I've never done that one either. June 16th and 17th, San Francisco. I love San Francisco. I'm at the punchline. And then I do believe, oh, we said Sacramento, April 28th through 29th. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, tickets are are for sale. The links are on thousandranch.com, spelled out, thousandranch.com. You can watch this episode. Believe it, believe it or not, you can watch me talking to myself um, on YouTube. I have my own YouTube channel, Christina Pajitsky YouTube channel is what they made me uh, change it to, which is, I don't, whatever, whatever, right? Who cares? Amazon. If you shop on Amazon, uh, please use my banner. That's deeprowpodcast.com. Click on the banner at the bottom of every post. There's one for the UK, Canada, and America too. Uh, all right. I think that's, I think we've covered that. All right. Let's get into it. Big show this week. I'm very excited. Okay, let's go. Uh, ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar, popping, popping my collar, popping, popping my collar. Uh, ever since I can remember, I've been working these holes and they better put my money in my hand. In my hand. Uh, ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar, popping, popping my collar, popping, popping my collar. Uh, ever since I can remember, I've been working these holes yeah. and they better put my money yeah. in my hand. And when they come to get bread, I got the keys to the bakery. Six Mafia. As you know, I'm really an aficionado of uh, rap music, but I do love that. I fucking love Three Six Mafia. I don't know what it is about these guys. I really connect with them. Uh, we're kindred spirits. You know what it is? I fucking know what it is, dude. I like anybody who just came from nothing and like just built the empire. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? What I'm talking about? I just I love that shit. Hard knocks. Hard knocks life. In fact. I fucking think the most genius song of all time 
is Hard Knocks Life by uh, Jay-Z, little rapper. I mean, how fucking subversive and amazing was that song to take uh, an anthem of white privilege or, you know, supposed unprivilege of a little white girl, Annie, right? The orphan and, uh, and turn that into like one of the greatest hip hop songs. Oh, I fucking love Hard Knocks Life. I love Jay-Z. Anyways. Hi, welcome to that steep bro. Um, yeah, just a chilling, having a good week, really. I, you know, usually I'm pretty, uh, I got some brooding shit going on. Uh, not, not broody this week, but I saw a psychic yesterday. I went on, um, Susan Drew's podcast yesterday with Tommy. We did, um, it's called Calling Out and it's, uh, Susan Drew is Dr. Drew's wife who, uh, hello, grew up watching, or actually listening to Dr. Drew on K-Rock back when he did Love Line with a guy named Poor Man, who was like one of the um, old school K-Rock DJs. I mean, I've been listening to that fool, fool uh, since I was like 13 years old, which is bananas. Um, hold on, I got I to gotta reframe my camera. One moment. Okay, I reframed. Uh, yeah, Dr. Drew since I was like 13 years old. So, yeah. Anyways, okay, so the show is called Calling Out. And, of course, my husband, being a normal dude, is reluctant, skeptical, whatever. But me, I am a closeted lover of all things paranormal. I watched every episode of Long Island Medium. Um, I love anything with ghosts, ghost hunting, uh, talking to dead people. What's that fucking guy's name? The crossing over guy, John Edwards. (laughs) Is that right? Is that his fucking name? Edward Casey. I don't know. John Edwards. Yeah, I think it's John Edward. And he's like, yes, yes. I validate. Yes. I see a green car. It's not John Edwards. John Edwards is a former American politician. (laughs) That's different. Crossing over. Fuck your mother. Yeah. John Edward. Okay. John Edward. Yeah. And he's always like, I see cat, yes, validate, yes. And he kind of leads people to be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then he takes them down a journey. But so I, but I love it. I watch it and I, in my heart, I want it to be real. You know, I just want the paranormal to exist. I want there to be an afterlife so much. Um, why? I'm not sure. You know, I mean, is it really worth living forever? Like, is eternity really that awesome? I'm not, I'm not to sound like totally morose and uh, depressive, but I, I guess I am. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Just watch like future generations of Pajitskis uh, fucking up their lives, drinking and uh, eating squeeze cheese on crackers, uh, you know, drinking in the dark like my dad. Uh, so... But I like the idea. It's obviously, you know, very comforting to think that uh, when we go lights out, that there's this awesome dimension. Oh, busy deep snore. Um, another dimension we go to that is just perfect, you know, a, a place where it's nothing but unicorn rides and macaroni and cheese with plenty of orange powder. And um, you can eat as much as you want, like that movie, Defending Your Life, which I love, and you never gain wait, you don't have to worry about being fat. You don't have to worry about aging. You don't have to pay taxes. You don't have to pay rent. That'd be pretty cool. You see all your friends, you see all your dead pets from the past. Um, but yeah, but then what, but then what? Like you don't, there's nothing to strive for, I guess. And can you, I don't know. What the fuck do you do all day in attorney? But the, anyways, I, I go to this uh, podcast and, um, and the, and, Susan's really nice to us and seats us down. She's like, all right, the psychics are here and they're sequestered in the other room. They can't Google you. They don't know who you are. I haven't told them who you are. And like, um, they can't, you know, they don't have any way of Googling you, blah, blah, blah. So we sit down and, uh, and they give each of us individual readings. And so there's this guy, AJ, I can't remember his last name, AJ Barrera, I think. Um, and, uh, and immediately AJ is like, uh, Tom, I see a male figure 
who likes horses. He's passed and he's a male grandfather figure, maybe a father figure. And Tom has like nobody in his family that's close to him that's passed that would even remotely. And then they're just, they keep going. They're like, what about horses? Do you like hor- horses? And and then he's like, no. <laughs> And it's just, he keeps throwing out all this shit and Tom's just like, no. And I know Tom too. So I'm like, yeah, no, none of that really kind of fits him. I don't know what you guys are seeing. And of course they're like, oh, maybe it's for another person. Maybe these messages are for somebody else and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, so at first I was kind of like, whatever, skeptical, who knows what's really happening. And then the lady, of course, of course, brings up my mother who died um, in 2015, July, 2015. Uh, and you know, of course I'm like, Oh yeah, of course she's just dead. And, um, they describe her as not a very friendly personality and she loves you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, okay. Well you could have gleaned that from my reaction when she's like, I have your mother here. And I was like, Oh shit, lock the doors. Like I did <laughs> the woman told me my mom showed up and uh, probably the look of terror on my face and panic. And I, I, cause I felt panic immediately. Like, ah, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. She's back. Fuck. I thought we had closed this chapter. Um, and so she starts telling me stuff about, you know, that when they pass over, that they don't hold the same, um, feelings that they did in human life. And she's at peace now. And, uh, She's like, you know, you didn't communicate towards the end of your, of your, her life. And, you know, she wants to know it's all done. It's water under the bridge. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool. But you could have said that about anybody with like a shitty parent, you know, or like a dysfunctional parent. Um, but then, okay. So then here's the thing that I kind of am like, whoa, whoa, bro. Whoa. Is she go? No, AJ goes. So sorry. There was a woman there too, whose name I'm so sorry. I cannot remember right now, but she's fantastic. I, I will get her name. Uh, she gave me her card. If you guys are interested in this lady, I will uh, put it on my website. Both of these psychics, actually, I remember to do that. So you can contact them. They're local. Any hoodles. Uh, the, the guy goes, your mother is with a small white dog, like a Maltese, and sa- you know says that you got, you know, she's hanging out with this white dog. And of course, immediately I was like, oh shit, that's Elvis. This is the first dog I ever had. And uh, my mother didn't really like animals, but she liked Elvis. And I thought, well, that's kind of a cool thing that 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 was like a rando. I mean, come on. How many people have small white dogs? Maybe millions. So that was kind of a neat thing. And then um, he brings up, what was the other one? Oh, that he goes, yeah, she she didn't really like Tom when she was living and she didn't want you guys to get married. But now she sees that it worked out and she's almost reluctantly like (laughs) uh, proud of you and she's happy it worked out. And I was like, oh, that's totally, that is accurate. And that's another kind of weird thing, right? Like how would, that's kind of a very specific thing that your mother doesn't like your spouse. Um, and then there's, oh, the third one is that uh, the the lady psychic said that she, she's, your mother's holding a baby and it's a blue blanket. So she knows that you have a baby. And I was like, what? So that was pretty cool. Um, that was cool. Right? I mean, that's the thing. And now I'm all confused because... Um, on the one hand, they got like very little of Tom, right? I mean, eventually the, the female psychic was like, you, um, I see you work with a microphone <laughs> and he was like, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a comic. And they're like, you guys, you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. But like, I feel like, you know, even let's say she hadn't Googled Tom before. I think enough people have seen his specials now on Netflix. Like if you have fucking Netflix, you've seen my husband holding a microphone on I'm like when you're just scrolling through if you're if you're on there so you know how how ooky spooky is that I don't know not really it could be an unconscious thing she saw him maybe she does know him and whatever um but they didn't they didn't get too specific with Tom so I was like oh that's interesting that they didn't you know maybe they're just reading my reactions anyway it drops this Sunday so by the time that Steve Bro airs this episode um calling out the episode will be up Dr. Uh, Susan Drew and um, you can listen to it and judge for yourself. You know, was I leading the psychic? Maybe, you know, were my reactions like leading her? I don't know. But then the specifics, man, the dog, my mother hating my husband um, and the baby stuff was kind of uh, really interesting. So I don't know. Is there an afterlife? Is this stuff real? Um, I think in philosophy, 
from what I remember, um, you know, there are Christian philosophers who really do believe that that there's a soul and that you go into a Christian sort of afterlife. Um, Sure, you know, religions believe this stuff. But I was researching kind of the psychological reasoning for people believing in things like ghosts, afterlife, blah, blah, blah. Um, and a lot of the research that's done says that human brains are really imperfect. And we like to think that our brains are like perfect robotic things and they're just not. And when illogical things happen, um, i.e. ghost sightings, they, first of all, they usually happen when the mind is very tired at night or maybe you're not functioning right and uh, and you, you think you see a ghost and your brain kind of fills in the gaps of reasoning for you there. So that's kind of interesting. And also, um, we like being scared by ghosts. We like to enjoy the thrill of like, oh, a haunted house. Um, and um, this article I was reading said that, well, yeah, if you really did believe that they were real or that they would really harm you, would you necessarily put yourself in harm's way and go see like a haunted house or, or fuck with ghosts, basically, you know what I'm saying? Um, which I'm terrified of ghosts. Like, I don't, I don't want my mom to visit me. I don't want her giving me fucking signs that she's around. (laughs) Like, please stay away. I don't want you to know that you've seen what I'm up to. Oh, but a weird thing did happen when, um, we were talking about my mother, the, the female psychic was talking about her and the lights flickered on and off and everybody was like, Whoa, but you know, the lights flicker on and off at our house a lot too, because of our wiring. I don't know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do you guys believe in this? Email me if you, um, this is an interesting thing too, because I actually was listening to like a thing John Edward was talking about that he trains other people to be quote intuitives. Now intuitives are different than mediums. Mediums are the people that claim to communicate with uh, dead people and they carry the message through what that dead person is saying. By the way, Houdini um, was a huge believer in the afterlife and he, to, to kind of prove or disprove rather whatever, prove that the afterlife existed, had a special message that he gave to his wife or something like that. And he said that if there isn't in fact an afterlife, I will give this message to any medium and it will be given to you. And that will verify that there's an afterlife. And of course it never happened. So I don't know if that story is true. That's just something I've heard. Um, So mediums can communicate with the dead. Hence the Long Island medium. She tells you, yes, verifying that. And again, if you watch that show, like so many of the messages are generic. It's always like, well, they want you to know they love you and that they're no longer in pain and they forgive you. And you're like, well, yeah, that's a real basic human thing. I mean, and, and I imagine this is very comforting for people who have lost somebody that they really cherished and you go see somebody who claims to be speaking with them. Like it's probably the most healing amaze thing that can happen to you. Like, Oh my God, this is, they're there. You know, Uh, for me, really, it kind of gave me more anxiety than like, um, comfort. But then again, I mean, then it felt good to know like, Oh, this is real. And she really is cool now. Like, great. That, that was kind of a healing feeling fun thing. Um, so John Edward, I listened to this talk he gave on, uh, it's on Hay House Radio. If you're into all this shit to download the Hay House radio app on your iPhone and there's wacky stuff on there. Do you like pet psychics, which I fucking love it too. I took Theo, uh, FIFO to a pet psychic once in Oklahoma, uh, no Nebraska, uh, cause he had anxiety issues. Didn't help at all, but it was fun to learn his backstory as the psychic told it. And apparently he came from a lot of abuse guys. The FIFA nader came from a very bad home. No, duh. I could tell you that because this dog's got severe emotional problems that I've been trying to undo for the last four years now. I didn't need some psychic bitch to tell me that. My dog is fucked up. Uh, Years of crate training and behavioral training have taught me that. Um, We also give him a lot of love and he's, he's chilled out a bit, but a lot actually. So John Edward is talking about 
teaching people because he had like some school where he would teach people how to be intuitives. And that is different. Now, an intuitive, and the way he explains it is you're feeling the energy of somebody else, right? You're feeling, you're kind of reading the other person. Now, that to me sounds like uh, a hustle, absolutely. But there is something to it. Now, here's what I think is really happening when, when someone's like, I'm an intuitive. Because I've often read people very accurately too. And I don't consider myself any... <laughs> I'm far from psychic. I'm far from intuitive. I'm far from fucking anything uh, like that. So no. But but I do... I can fucking smell a shitty person a mile away. I can smell a shit bag. I can smell crazy. Uh, I can smell fucking just a douchebag. I, you know, I'm, I'm good at reading all these because there's a lot in my family to pull from. I've, I've grew up with people like this, so I smell it and then I run in the other direction. But um, the intuitive stuff, in my opinion, and I've, and I've listened to enough of these programs on Hay House Radio to know that a lot of people that are like, I'm intuitive or I can read people, a lot of these people come from severely traumatic backgrounds. Okay, a lot of fucking bullshit in your childhood uh, will make you intuitive because why? As a kid, you probably were in situations where you had to look out for yourself a lot and you had to become sensitive to other people, particularly adults, to their emotions. You had to read them, right? Like, what's dad going to do? Is he going to fucking hit me now? Do I got to run this way? You know, what's mom's mood like? Are we going to, when's the other shoe going to drop? And that level of like hypersensitivity, would that make you intuitive to other people? I think so. I think so. I th- and, um, and you do find that people that have trauma are really great at, at this game. Um, you know, you don't meet a lot of former CEOs. <laughs> I'm saying squares that became psychics later. It's generally like, like no, it's, it's different walks. It's people that are more open to like wackadoo lifestyles like me um so yeah i i i I tend to err on that side now the medium stuff do talking to dead people who knows i mean maybe maybe dead people are on another realm of um existence that we just as our brains can't tap into maybe we're not too stupid you know we don't use much of our brains um you know, like Aristotle believed that everything has an essence. Everything has a spirit, a soul rather, anima. That's the Greek word for it. And even rocks have a rock soul and dogs have a dog soul. People have a people soul and they're kind of classified uh, in a hierarchy that way. Um, But he did not give it like a Christian thing. There was no sense of like, you're going to be punished in the afterlife for being a piece of shit in this world. It's just that it was considered energy. And... You're, the energy comes into the object, to the plant, to the animal, and then when the the physical part decomposes and leaves, the, the energy dissipates into the earth. The energy kind of goes into trees and then becomes the tree, which to me sounds a lot more logical than, uh, you know, there's this immaterial part. The soul is the seat and then the seat of the soul and then the brain. And then when the brain dies and there's this other compartment that the soul exists and the soul carries your identity and then it carries your uh, personality into the afterworld. And then God, you're going to be God in the afterworld. It's, you know, that whole storyline is a, is, is a little ridiculous, but then I've read a lot of books on near death experiences too. <laughs> I fucking love all this shit. And, um, Oh, there's this great book called Proof of God that a neuroscientist wrote um, about near-death experiences. He was a neuroscientist and he died for a while. He was in a coma. And he claims that he did go to the other side and that he came back from this coma and that he wrote a book about it. Yeah, Proof of God, I believe is what it's called. Uh, A neuroscientist wrote it. And, And because a scientist wrote it, it's kind of a, you know, more valid than, um, than, uh, that, that wackadoo on your late night, one eight hundred number, <laughs> uh, was that fucking, uh, that lady in the eighties, the voodoo, witch lady, oh, my brain's really cool right now. Uh, Miss Cleo, right. I don't know if that's a fucking old school reference, dude. If you know who Miss Cleo is, you're an old motherfucker like me. Cause that was some old shit. Miss Cleo, I see love in your future. Right. Dude, that bitch must have made a fortune in the 80s. 
or was she 90s? I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. Miss Cleo, she was a, a television psychic. She was one of the first. Dude, I think fucking John Edward needs to give a tip to Miss Cleo because she was the bitch that started all that. Like, as far as I know, you know, you turn on TV like at midnight and there was Miss Cleo and she had on like her cool fucking African Babata shit. And she was like, what's in the stars for you? What's in the cards for you today, me love? Oh, I see love. I see money, you know? And you call Miss Cleo, her her 976 number, because back in the day, I think it was 976. And of course, it was like $4.99 per minute, but she would tell you what's up. And she would give you, uh, she would give you a future. And I'm sure she just oh, made so much money. <clears throat> there you go. I don't know if it's... Oh, oh, so if I wanted to put the call out there... If anybody here has learned the the art of mediumship, um, if maybe if at one time you practiced it but you stopped because you felt like a huckster, uh, do you know anybody who is tricking people with this shit? How do they trick you? And don't just write in if you have an opinion. I want a real deal. I want to know how this shit works. I would love to speak to um, a medium and let's get on with it. Let's let's get in there because I'm now I'm now I'm hooked. I'm in it, and I'm going to re-listen to uh, Susan Drew's podcast and, and see if I led this woman, because I, I tried to stay quiet. I was like, hmm, like I, my eyes probably, I have a really hard time masking my emotions. Like, I cannot fucking lie to people. I can't hide my disdain. Um, I'm sure I gave her clues, you know, but uh, anyway, it'll be interesting to listen back to it and and see what happens. Okay. Oh, hey, um... I wanted to thank Freddie for last week's episode. Uh, we got into non-binary finally, and it's so funny. It's uh, it's uh, it's an interesting topic. I'm still like you know thinking about it and thinking about uh, them. Right, that's the pronoun. Um, thinking about Freddie at Whole Foods with her strap on, <laughs> and uh, and 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 how they're doing. So. Um, yeah, put the call if you're if you're a woman that wants to hook up with Freddie in the Minneapolis area. Email me. <laughs> let's get her laid. Sorry, let's get them laid. See, I just learned a pronoun, dude. Look how fucking progressive and forward thinking I am. Shit, Miss Cleo. Oh, one eight hundred. I gotta find Miss Cleo and put her fucking shit on this bitch. Okay, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Miss Cleo. Oh, so funny. So I'm super stoked. Last night we went to eat. Um, in uh, oh yeah, dude, fucking Miss Cleo's on Wikipedia. A time when I went to eat at Houston's last night in Pasadena, which is just a joy. I haven't been there in forever, and I, I had some ribs there too, and they're really good. Now that Tony Romans, I got verified that is a fucking piece of shit that they they freeze everything. So my instinct was right on that. I met somebody that worked there over the weekend. And he, in fact, verified that for me. So, but I like Houston's much more. Their barbecue sauce is identical to Tony Roma's. Here we go. This is Miss Cleo. Oh, she passed away in July 26, 2016. American television personality, best known as Miss Cleo, a spokeswoman for a psychic paper call service from 1997 to 2003. Okay, so she was the late 90s. Harris used various aliases, including LaShonda Williams, Corvette Mama, Eleanor St. Julian, Desiree Canterlaw, Jeanette, Janet Snyder. All right, she's got a bunch of aliases, which is not a good sign. All right, she's born in L.A. All right, raised in a Catholic Caribbean family. She attended an all-girls boarding school. Oh, boy. She has a kid at 19. All right, she was in the theater. <laughs> that would make sense. All right. And then she, uh, in the 90s, began, began to work for the Psychic Readers Network under the name Miss Cleo. And then she was the television infomercial person. No, she, she claimed she was a mystical shaman from Jamaica, which, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're born in L.A., bitch. You ain't from Jamaica? Hilarious. Her employer's website also stated that Harris had been born in Trelawney, Jamaica. Trelawney, Jamaica, and grew up there. Hilarious. Oh, that's so funny, dude. All right. <laughs> okay, she would give tarot card readings. Yeah. In 2002, the Federal Trade Commission charged the company's owners and Harris's promoters with deceptive advertising, billing, and collection practices. Harris was not indicted. Her promoters agreed to settle for a fraction of the amount they took in. Hilarious. Well, there you go. She <laughs> And it emerged she had been born in Los Angeles and her parents 
were U.S. citizens. Hey, but you know what? At the end of the day, if this shit validates people and makes them feel good and gives them hope, it's like, why not? Okay, here's Miss Cleo. You guys are going to love this. Don't you really want to know? Okay, I was wondering who the father of my baby was. All right, let's take a look. The Miss Cleo DNA test. <laughs> They're solely searching for the father of your baby. She's searching for the father of Oh, it's the one that's very unpleasant, okay? Okay. Um, and he's also the one that had another girlfriend while he was sleeping with you. Yes, he did. Yep, that's him. That's the daddy. There you go. Okay. There you go, dude. Miss Cleo fucking tells it like it is. I knew I liked her for some reason. Shit, I should start a fucking tarot card reading network, right? Okay. So, Miss Cleo, we did that. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, yeah. uh, Time to talk about that. I like to get to your emails. Um, I like to get to your emails. Okay. I I did have one observation this week. I I went to travel town with my kid for a birthday party travel towns in griffith park it's like trains and shit i've been going there since i was like a little kid and um you know i've really realized that other parents are the enemy it's really fucked up dude it's not it's not the kids that suck it's other parents that suck having a real hard time with that like there is this one motherfucker bully kid like a four-year-old bully um at travel town and uh and he was like, he said to my kid, he's like, he can't come in here. And I was like, what, bitch? Like immediately as an adult, I was like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Like I wanted to, um, <laughs> I wanted to, like I wanted to talk shit to this kid like he was an adult, you know? What the fuck did you say? But then like I had to remember that he was four and then he wasn't a developed person. <laughs> and I was like, how the fuck do I like, how do I, how do I talk to this kid to let him know, like, I got I to gotta straighten him out. I got to put him in line, but I can't, like, I can't get kicked out of travel town because I might say some crazy shit, you know? So I was like, wait a minute. Why can't my son come in here? And he's like, well, because this is not, he's too small. This is for, you know, whatever, four-year-olds only. And I was like, um, you're not the boss of this place. That's what I said to him. You're not the boss of travel town. Good one. And then... He was like just shitty and you could tell that his parents didn't give a shit about him. Like he just was dropped off alone, just meandering, I guess. And uh yeah, I'm not sure how to how to deal with other uh shitty kids and, and their shitty parents. And uh, a lot of I've noticed like over over parenting. Uh Ellis and I were on the train. There's a tiny little train you take, it goes like a mile in a circle. And I, I mean I wanted to my head was exploding because I could hear these dummies behind me and in front of me just over parenting, over, um, overdoing the moment. Like, look, Krista, look, Krista, can you see the red train, Krista? Krista, do you see the red train? Let's try to read the sign. Let's sound it out. Tra, tra, train. Very good, Krista. Like, Jesus Christ. You can't let the fucking kid have a natural moment. You know, does every goddamn moment have to be educational for somebody? Just fucking relax. She's going to learn to read. Don't worry about it. Ugh, I, I just can't stand the over narration of every fucking moment of the kid's life. I, I mean, I hear it constantly. All right, Rick. Well, we're going to start going as soon as the conductor gets here. You know, like just... How about the virtue of teaching your kids to just shut the fuck up? How about the virtue of just enjoying um, a, a nice silence every now and then? How about the, the virtue of just sitting somewhere being bored? Just existing like a human being, not having to learn every minute, notice things. Notice, and the, the really, the part that really fucking made my asshole pucker is that this one parent wasn't letting the kid have the experience that the the kid wanted. Like he was insisting on pointing out the things that, that he saw and that the child must see and then has to have that experience. Look over there. Look over there, Sean. Sean, do you see, uh, do you see the hole? Sean, do you see the rocks around the hole? Sean, do you see the grass? Sean, do you see that? Like, how about you shut the fuck up and let Sean just have whatever experience Sean's going to have today? A travel town. 
How about that? Can we just stop? Stop over narrating. Stop over parenting. Just fucking exist. God damn it. You know who I like the best on that train? There was um, an old white guy and he had like an Eastern block wife, like a total mail order bride because he was about 60 years old. She was 25 and they had a little boy and that little boy was dressed like a total Euro foreigner, dude. Like he had on some crazy looking snow gear. I'm like, you guys overdressed this kid, number one, but probably where you're from, that should make sense in the Ukraine somewhere. <clears throat> and um, they were just normal. You know, the, the mother wasn't narrating every minute to the kid. The kid could just exist and stand there and be bored. And the, the couple didn't really, like, talk too much during the experience, the ride. It was great. I'm like, yeah, see, that's what I'm used to. It's just parents that are there, you're there, but you're not having to force an experience on on the kid every fucking minute of the day, right? Just how about let him, how about let him figure it out? He'll figure it out. Jesus. All right. Let's get into some emails. There's some really, really heavy ones this week. You guys are going through some heavy shit. Really heavy shit. Ah, oh, fuck. Man, I can't. Let's start with... Hmm, that was too heavy. Let's dip our toe into heavy and then we'll, um, we'll get there. Okay, this is interesting. So... Um, I, um, as you know, I enjoy perfect people on Instagram. I follow Molly Sims. Oh, uh, this week she posted a picture on Instagram of her breastfeeding her child, which, you know, interestingly enough, Alyssa Milano did about a year ago and started a real shitstorm on the internet. So, um, well, it's pretty cool that now it's considered not too uh, nutty. And I'm following, this one's great, Alec Baldwin's wife. Hilaria Thomas Baldwin. She's another perfect mom. She's fucking amazed. Thank you, Nadine, for sending that reference in. Um, Because she's the kind that's like a yoga instructor. So she's like two weeks postpartum and her belly is concave, um, which is fucking amazed. No, there was this other email. Sorry, guys. Very unprofessional. I'm trying to find. Where in the mother of fucks? All right. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, why can't I find this? Anyways, this woman brought up a very interesting... Let me let me search for it, but press pause. Okay, so in addition to sending me the pearl that is Alec Baldwin's wife, Hilaria Thomas Baldwin, if you're a mom, check out this woman's Instagram feed. You will fucking die laughing at the barf-worthiness of like the perfect mom stuff. It's so fun. It's so great. Uh, okay, here we go. Um this Nadine writes into, can you talk about these two? <laughs> she talks about Elizabeth Gilbert and somebody named Glennon Doyle, Glennon Doyle Melton, Monastery Blog and Love Warrior. Love Warrior. What the fuck is a lo- <gasps> love warrior? I really hate the throwing around of the word warrior in the last five years. Every, not everybody is a warrior. That is a very specific fucking thing. A warrior. Love warrior. <laughs> Stupid shit. Man, oh man. Okay, so Elizabeth Gilbert, we know her from Eat, Pray, Love. And it's funny that you wrote in, Nadine, because I actually saw the story when it broke on Facebook and I went down the Facebook rabbit hole uh, of it and I was like, what? Because I love Elizabeth Gilbert, as any good mom does, right? Eat, Pray, Love, love that movie. So, um, So Nadine writes, both are Oprah evangelists, hilarious, claiming to have it figured out until they both figured out they were gay in the last four to six months, and they're over 40. No problems with the gays, uh, just really annoyed how they both portrayed perfect lives with their husbands and wrote books about it until they magically realized they like to eat sushi. That's deep, bro. Please explain. <laughs> me? You want me to explain Elizabeth Gilbert's sexuality? Fuck if I know what's going on. Jesus Christ. But I was also taken with that story. I remember it came out and I was like, what? The Eat, Pray, Love ladies uh, gay now. I thought she found her Brazilian lover and they've been married happily and, you know, shit. And I saw that movie. I was stoked she found her man. Okay, so what happened, Elizabeth Gilbert, what happened is she uh, 
she had the realization that she was in love with her best friend, this woman that she's been BFFs with for like 20 years. Not only that, the BFF is like dying of some horrible cancer. So she had this huge realization that like, dude, I think I'm in love with my friend and I kind of have to pursue this because I don't have much time left with her. So she leaves the husband and goes with this woman. And now it's like her and this, and this, uh, (laughs) on this chick, this other chick, which is so funny. So how does this happen? How does this happen at 40 that you just lose your, your identity in one way and then you kind of roll into a whole new life? And it's interesting that this story comes in because, um, you know, I was recently with a friend this weekend who is, is going through a, uh, a divorce and he's about 50 years old and he's been with the same woman for many, many years. I'd say almost half his life. And, um, and he's like, you know, how do I start over? How do I, how can I start over? I, I'm four, 50 years old. And the thought of starting over now just kills me. I, you know, I don't want to be living in some rinky-dink apartment. You know, I have this house. I have this life. I have these animals that we care for, right? I have a dog. I have a cat. I have the beautiful house. I have the beautiful wife. And now it's gone. And, and what do I do? And like Elizabeth Gilbert, the, the thought occurred to me of like, why is this why is this so striking from the outside and from the inside, right? Why does it why would it bother somebody that a woman um decides to be with other women suddenly at 40 and change her life? And then why does change signify the end of my life, right? Like my friend who is getting a divorce. Like what what's the horror of starting over? Why do we feel that sense of like, oh my god, everything's crashing down? around me like why the necessity to hang on to an identity and why is it why are we so threatened when our identity morphs changes becomes something different maybe maybe it encompasses two very different things ambivalence right ambivalence my therapist and I talk about um like my friend who doesn't really want to start a new life at 50 you know in his mind and I know a lot of men it's really hard to uh, money and career, it's very focal point, right? And when that's kind of threatened, when that's not focal, it becomes really stressful. So for him, it's the the financial stuff, right? I can't go fucking live in um in a in a dinky apartment and start over that way again. But on the other hand, he's he has a successful business. So <clears throat> why not hold the duality of being a successful person? and a loser at the same time. Like you can be successful in one area and a fucking loser in another. Um, and why is that not easy for us? So, but let's back up and, and let's address, um, hold on, I want to write this down before I forget it because I will. So why, why did Elizabeth Gilbert turn gay at 40? That's the first question. Now, uh, am I an expert on sexual um, identity and sexuality? No, of course not. Have I read books on stuff? Some, some. I read a book a few years back called Sexual Fluidity. Um, a, and it was a study done on female sexuality, finally. And what this book revealed is that women have a very fluid sexual identity. So believe it or not, we wacky broads are wired to be at times bisexual, to be maybe at times lesbians, at times to identify as straight. And they did a survey, I forget of how many women over the course of their lives. And it turns out the vast majority of women do kind of float between these sexual identities over the years. And it's not this crazy anomaly. Now, is it the same for men? I don't know. This fucking book was only about women. But um, women, it's a little easier in society to kind of traverse gay and straight and lesbian by side because we're given a lot more leeway. There's not a lot at stake if we are lesbians versus I think with men, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa fags are doing this, you know, you know, it's, it's a lot scarier, I think for dudes to be uh, gay because there's so much more pressure. I don't know. The fact is it's considered kind of more the norm then it is not the norm for us to be attracted to our girlfriends and uh, probably have sex with them. So 
I'm a, maybe that's I don't know Elizabeth Gilbert. I don't know what her reasons were. I don't know her, but I I imagine it's probably uh, probably a little bit of that. She did look at her friend one day and was like, "All right, let's uh, I want to bang you." And I hope her friend gets better because that's just terrible to have to lose somebody after you finally admit to yourself like, oh, I might be gay. And I think too, I mean, if we learned anything from Freddie last week is that, you know, um, identity, sexuality, it's not like this linear, I guess, thing for for people. It's uh, It fluxes, it comes and it goes and it makes sense. It makes no sense. And a lot of the problems, I mean, you're asking why at 40, uh, could be like especially if you're raised in an era, which if she's my age, Elizabeth Gilbert, if you're born in the seventies, like they didn't fucking, we didn't talk about non-binary stuff. That's why it's so funny to me because I'm like, wait, what? There's more than just like gay, straight, (laughs) um, you know, transgender. And I got to wrap my fucking head around that. You know, like you just, as an older person, uh, older person, I'm fucking 40, but you know what I mean? If you grew up in a certain societal world context and then all of a sudden like all the stuff is is finally in your world like okay well now maybe elizabeth gilbert can go oh is that is that what i'm experiencing you know i don't fucking know i don't know man some people are born knowing that they're one way and some people it takes time it takes time i guess and there's a lot of shame probably maybe she didn't grow up with cool parents or like it's okay to be whoever you are i imagine a lot of uh a lot of stuff like that going on. So it takes years. Shit. I mean, you hear about poor dudes coming out at like 70. Look at fucking Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, that that poor suffering soul finally converted. Uh, how old is she now? 60 something? God damn. I mean, that's tough to become a woman when you're old too. Oh boy. Double, double the hard. So this idea of starting over, and, I, and I've gotten some other emails about like, breakups recently you guys there's, there seems to be a cycle of breaking up happening right now from uh from you um so i wanted to kind of address this and i like my friend who i was talking about divorcing why is starting over such a daunting thing now i know that there's two kinds of starting over when it comes to your life right there's the stuff that's thrust upon you tragedy somebody dies um your house gets set on fire, you suddenly, I mean, a tragedy, just tragedy that's out of your control. You didn't have any hand in it whatsoever. And now you've just been dealt a shit storm. And what the fuck do you do? Right. But then there's other stuff that I'm going to address. I'm talking about the shit that you can control a little, hence falling in love with your best friend, a divorce, stuff like that. And the dread that comes with the idea of like, oh, Now I have to start over again. Ah, I'm I'm so, it's like when I think about that, because I've been through stuff like that, you know, um, and that's the first feeling you do get, by the way, when you break up with somebody and, or just a job doesn't work out. It's like, oh, I got to I got to go back to zero. And first of all, you're not a failure because by whose standards? And I, and I said this to my friend, like, wait, what? He's like, I don't want to just be a fucking failure at 50. And I'm like, well, but who's judging you? who the fuck is judging? Nobody's judging you, dude. Like you're, and he goes, I'm judging me. I'm, I go, exactly. The pressure's not even there. You're inventing it. You're, you're thinking about other people saying shit to you and maybe they do. Maybe they're assholes that say things to you, but for the most part, that's in your mind, dude, you're calling yourself a loser. And secondly, and this is my biggest point. It's not really starting over. Okay. Let's say you broke up with somebody. It's not starting over if what you had was dog shit or wasn't making you happy or wasn't working on some level, right? It's not working. And that's why it had to take shape and reform and go into chaos and destruction before it can rise from the ashes like a goddamn phoenix. You rise from the ashes of chaos and it's a whole new form, right? It's a new way of being much like childbirth. It's a fucking horrifying ordeal, right? Your, your body is literally split, right? You're split open. Something comes out of you. You're pushed through the other side of this and you're never the same. You're forever changed by the process of destruction, birth. You know, you become the mother slowly emerges is what they say. 
and your body is forever changed and everything is different now. And is it better? Is it worse? Yeah, in some ways things are better. In some ways things are just different. I don't know. I can't say worse. I don't fucking know. But um, but there's always that cycle in life. And I think we get really stuck on identity, right? Your former self. Who am I? Who am I? How do I define myself? And when that's threatened, you know, the human mind wants to defend what it knows because new shit in our stupid little brains doesn't work very well. (laughs) We want to keep shit the same because it's predictable. I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I know what sandwich I'm going to have. I know that my husband's going to be here. I know that my kid's going to be. And when that gets disrupted, it's like, it's the, it's the end of the world, right? You, you break up with someone, you lose your job. And it's so disorienting because it threatens this, who am I? And humans need definitions, right? I'm non-binary, I'm, I'm Zim, Zer, Zay, I'm gay, I'm straight, I am black, I'm white, I am, uh, and, and we like to label others. It's very, right, we got to label that person. They are uh, transgendered, they are illegals, they are Muslims, <laughs> they're different, they need to be kept away. And, you know, and I think the older you get, you go like, oh, fucking really, does any of that shit matter? I think if you meet enough people... You start to understand that, okay, well, you can blame that or you can just blame yourself because you're a hateful piece of shit. You hate yourself. Um, it's not the Muslim you hate. It's not the, it's fucking you, dude. You're the problem. Uh, but these definitions are really, really, really important. And I remember when I um, did stand up for the first time, first few times when I was pregnant, I had a real identity crisis because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like this giver of life. I'm this maternal figure and how do I tell shit jokes now? Like, how does that even work? And, and it's confusing and it's weird. Like, how do you go back to the life you had when you've got this whole other new thing, this role? And I remember I did this Canadian, um, up show and the intro, no, I, yeah, I forget the description or something. I saw it later and it was like, <laughs> it was like, she's pregnant, but she's still edgy as ever. Right. As if, you know, as if, uh, as if pregnancy gives you a lobotomy and changes your personality. Like, no, I was like, fuck face. I'm just pregnant. I'm, I don't have a, a whole different personality. Like, why would that affect me? Um, and apparently it's, you know, it's shocking to other people and, and it's an identity change. It's an identity fuck. So it confuses humans, other humans who can't label you. They can't label you. I can't label you. I don't understand you. What are you? Uh, so we have this obsessive need to label and when we're not, and we're in between labels or we're, um, yeah, shifting identities is really, really confusing and really, really hard. And I, Hey, look, I'm not, um, I don't have this shit figured out. There are some days where I can't reconcile being a comic and saying the shit that I do and being a mom because part of me wants to be pure for my son. Maybe there's that thing of like, Jesus Christ, one day he's going to listen to your mom's house and like. Uh, you know, how many fucking dog fetish jokes can his mother make before he's going to be horrified and, and, uh, God damn it. But you know, whatever. My shrink says it's fine. (laughs) My, My shrink says I'll always be mom. So that's fine. But, um, yeah. So the idea of rebuilding one's life, once you've had a major thing happen to you. And I, it's interesting because for some reason I'm very comfortable with, uh, I'm really, really comfortable with failure. And I, it's not some reason. I think it's stand-up teaches you this hard, hard lesson is that m- most of your existence is uh, predicated upon failure. Most of your success is predicated on failure. And the joke writing process is a lot of failure. And, um, uh, you know, it's boot camp stand-up comedy for failure and rebuilding. You're constantly tearing down. You're constantly breaking apart. You're constantly failing nightly, nightly. Even if you have a great hour, right? You do your set. It's awesome. There's going to be one or two things you think, ah, fuck, I flubbed that line. I got to go back. I'm going to tag this different. And you, it's a constant revision. It's a constant, constant process. And I think that's a wonderful metaphor for, uh, for life. Because to me, it's a, it's an ongoing living, breathing document, right? You ever use uh, Google, Google docs 
and uh, you share it with somebody and then they can add something to it and then you add something to it and it's like it happens in real time you can see them fucking typing it's such a trip and and that's the impermanence of life that's the that's the constant revisioning revisioning is that a word revision process that we go through and i don't think it's ever static what was it parmenides no man steps in the same river twice is that fucking parmenides I don't know. Some Greek fucker in a robe said that. Some butt-fucking Greek guy who banged little boys said that, and it was pretty good. Did you know they banged little boys? They they did. They did. Um, the Greek philosophers, they all fuck little boys. That's true. That's what Socrates says, that the tightest anus is a little um, pert beehole of a child. Just kidding. I don't think he said that. <laughs> he can't get away with that. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So, you know, and I, um, I was watching this, the, the film, the feature film, Mona Lisa smile. Cause as you know, I am now a Midwestern mom who enjoys all the mom movies. Love Julia Roberts. I could watch her, um, just take a hot shit for an hour. I just, I just, I mean, what's not to love the smile. The, she's got great teeth. It's so genuine. I mean, she did name her kids like Apple and, and Faisal or something stupid like that. But uh, but I really dig her. I really dig her. I really dig her. Oh, and she married an ugly guy. Her first husband, uh, Lyle Lovett, not a, not good looking. And I, and I always think that's a sign of a good character on a woman when she marries a real Bowser like that. So Mona Lisa Smile. Uh, I was thinking of that movie because uh, that takes place in the 1950s at an all-girls college where essentially the girls are groomed to be the wives of successful men. And so uh, the teacher comes in, Julia Roberts, and her whole thing, because she's kind of like this progressive slut, right? Like she bangs, dude. She's not married. She's like, whatever, I'm doing my own thing. And she wants to kind of open these little hussies' minds up to the idea of, okay, yeah, you can be a wife. There's nothing inherently bad about that. But you can also be a lawyer, a doctor, a professional. You can simultaneously hold two roles at once. And like, of course, these little tramps aren't ready for that kind of stuff and their minds explode and like they get all fucking mad at her. And then one of them gets divorced and then she's like, you were right. I was stupid. And, um, and there's a long bike ride at the end, and um, and he cried. Julie Roberts cried, and then I cried, and so that was the story. And then there's this one awesome character, Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, sister, who I just I love her, Maggie Gyllenhaal too. She's like the bad girl. She smokes cigarettes and she bangs like psychology teachers, and she bangs the Italian professor. And she's like, I'm a slut. I don't care. I'll do what I want. In the 1950s. I'll have birth control. Um, but the point being that um, there's uh, the theme being to uh, to enable one to carry ambivalence, of which we've talked about, and I talk about with my shrink a lot, to hold maybe two opposing identities simultaneously, right? For my friend getting the divorce, it might be, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a fucking loser right now, and I'm a winner. <laughs> like, I've got the successful business. I've built a successful life, but um, I'm kind of a fuck up right now, and that's okay. You know, I can carry these two identities for a while simultaneously until they kind of merge and morph into something more um, concrete. And um, I'm sure Elizabeth Gilbert, that poor bitch, probably suffered too. Like, how can I be married? I found my dream guy and now I'm in love with my best friend and this and that. But then what you realize, I think, over time, the longer you live and why this becomes less and less heavy and daunting is there's no need to panic when stuff shifts, when your identity shifts, when life thrusts identity and change on you, right? There's no need to fucking stress. And you, you learn that over time because over time, yeah, there's times you're a winner. There's times you're a loser. There's times you're a success. There's times you're a failure. There's times you're rich. There's times you're poor. There's times you're heartbroken. There's times you're in love. And you realize that your existence kind of encompasses like all states of being, um, all the time, sometimes in one day I, I wake up and I, maybe I see something and I'm like, I'm a fucking loser. And then later I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not a loser. I just, no, I'm a way I'm doing this thing or I'm doing that. 
You know, I, you, you fluctuate and it doesn't have to rock you to your core because you realize that your core, that you're all good, dude, that you're all good, that you're a fucking timeless being, that you're just you, that you're an essence that is in a meat basket, right? I'm in this meat container right now. My body is slowly decomposing and is going into atrophy and death, and that's normal. And I'm resisting with Pilates and eating right. But at the end of the day, I'm a bio being that is fucking dying right now. And everything is in entropy, and you're moving towards death. You're just crawling towards that grave. And in the meantime, there's all these different things that kind of shift and change and happen, blah, blah, blah. And like I said, if you live long enough, you just realize that it's all temporary and there's no need to fucking panic and freak because the only thing you can't um, escape besides death, taxes, blah, blah, ha, 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 is a uh, change and temporality and the impermanence of everyone you love, of everything you love, of everything you're doing. And it doesn't have to be a bummer. Like, that's the thing. I, I don't, this is not a fucking bummer. And I know people get so like, oh, I can't even hear. I mean, I telling you, I, I find it so fucking childish when you can't just talk to people about real, like everyday stuff about death, about sick, like, who cares? It's all part of existence. Like it doesn't, you don't have to make it heavy because it just is. And I think the the more you accept the heavy and the more it's in your brain, like, oh, this is just normal. This is not the anomaly. Your failure is not the anomaly. Your divorce is not the anomaly. You know, your, your fucking catastrophic meltdown, your change of identity is not the anomaly. In fact, it's the consistent, it's the norm. (laughs) And the sooner you fucking get there to like, the sooner you embrace the, the norm of the chaos, the a lot happier you're going to be. Trust me. I mean, and I, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just cause I've seen so much shit now that you just, you're like, Oh, right. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that just, that's what that is. (laughs) And it's not good and it's not bad. It just is. And you still exist through it. And you wake up to live another day and, and it's all about the values, right? Where do you put them? Do you put them in the temporary or do you put them in the eternal? Do you put them in the house? Do you put them in the money? Do you put them in the car? Do you put them in the job? Or you put the values in your family and your love and your friends and your, and what you know and your morality, right? There you go. That's all I fucking got. That's all I got today, guys. I'm tapped out. Um, gonna see my shrink tomorrow. I'm really excited. Also, remember if you are um, a psychic, if you've worked as a psychic, if you have worked as an intuitive, and you want to fucking straighten me out because I'm way off, email me at thatsdeepbropodcast at gmail dot com. I want to know all about it. I want to know how you do it. Is it a parlor trick? Are you reading my mind? Are you reading my emotional cues? What is happening here? All right. Email me. Oh, buy my shirt. Uh, uh, the show has an official shirt. That's Deep Row Podcast shirt. Watch this on YouTube. I now have a YouTube channel. Christina Pajitsky YouTube channel. Spelled phonetically. Um, Sexual Fluidity is the name of that book I referenced when I talked about Elizabeth Gilbert because I know you will email me about that. And that's it. I hope you have a a wonderful week full of calamities, full of identity rattling instances because there is no identity. (laughs) At the end of the day, there is no you. Did your fucking brain just explode? Yeah. You're not that special. You know, and that's the thing too, is that we think we're so fucking wonderfully special that only to me, only this only happens to me that I'm the one suffering from this and that. And everyone does that. I do that too. How dare this happen to me? And then you realize as humans, it's, oh, that's every, everyone. Everyone goes through some form of this. I'm not alone in this, in this ridiculous, ridiculous parade called human existence. All right. Wow, we got fucking deep on this. I didn't expect this. This is one of those shows where I sat down and I was telling my husband, I'm like, I got nothing today. I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm going to go in there and I got nothing. It's always the best episodes when I don't feel like I have shit to say to you guys. And then I have tons. It's always like that, right? Just when I think I'm happy and like, no, nah, we're just going to go to travel town. 
just going to look at the trains and listen to the parents talk to their kids. It's always something deeper. All right, bros. Until next week, that's been Deep. And uh, enjoy your lives, fools. All right, bye. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.